0: Welcome to the Mix in the Six podcast. I'm your host Gina Marie and thank you for tuning in to hear stories from the Mix community in Toronto and beyond. This podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee and the Wendat peoples covered by Treaty 13. This space is all about sharing our stories, building community and learning from one another and having fun. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. welcome 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 to the mix in the six podcast we have the wonderful Brittany Guimont on the podcast today welcome yeah. we're we here did it. it's happening it's <laughs> happening you are an embodied feminine mentor photographer and writer you do yes. so many amazing things tell us a little bit more about what you do
1: Yeah, totally. Currently I'm doing a lot of deep work with women one-on-one and as well as on and off rituals online workshops such as the undying womb I just released last week. That's been a consistent thing. It's been really powerful. Photography, it's been something really special. Women with heart for the last two years and in a bit of a pause because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So like you said, I mean, writer has been something that I'm wanting to claim more as a lot of my work has been coming through as writing and cues and prompts online. So it's been really exciting to kind of get into that channel that Oracle and share deep wisdom through my...
0: Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Well, I've been following your writing and your post for some time now. So just major, major props to you. You're such an incredible writer. And for everyone listening, please go follow Brittany (laughs) for all (laughs) of her wisdom and read what we're talking about. You you really are. You do have a gift for the written word. So and I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to get more into that as we get into the interview. But first, we'll just say how we know each other Mm -hmm. is you and I met Temple 23, which was formerly a meditation studio and like a conscious like. Dance space in Toronto and I remember I know we were drawn to each other I was like are you mixed (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, totally totally. and then we've been like friends and connected ever since so that was yeah a few years ago but so I know a little bit about your mix but not a whole lot about your history so I would be curious and please like let the audience know a little bit more about you what is your mix yeah yeah it's really fun to get into
1: this because I'm always learning so much more like I'm sure you can relate being mixed, there's always like some crossovers and like you find out you have like a little bit of this and a little bit of that like years later. So I was born in Toronto. I was born in Scarborough. My dad was born in Jamaica in Kingston. His side is also mixed with Venezuelan and Costa Rican. I recently found out more about, which is super exciting because I was in Costa Rica a few months ago during the pandemic. Uh. (laughs) I had to come home, but I always felt deep resonance with Costa and when I was in Jamaica, just like so much ancestral connection and like downloads. Um, so that was cool to, to learn. And then my mom is French Canadian. And um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot even on that side too. Like I don't even, I mean, like, I guess, I guess it's good to just get into it because I mean, it's part of the theme. My mom, on uh, my mom's side, they're one of the first 14 settlers from France to Quebec, wow. which is pretty interesting. So... You know, innately, you'd have kind of recognized that that was during a lot of genocide with indigenous Mm. peoples. Um, My last name, Guimont, is French and also Métis. So there's some curiosity I have there with that, with that connection as well. But growing up, you know, white mom, black dad. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten more curious of what kind of like is layers even deeper in my lineage. So it's been really cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Where did you grow up? In Scarborough, in Toronto. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for some reason, I thought you grew up in a small town. I'm going to be told. You know what, though? I'm not even
1: surprised. Like, so (laughs) my grandparents had a cottage or have a cottage still in Bancroft. So maybe that's why. And maybe I have the small town kind of energy (laughs) (laughs) that I used to go. That's so precious. I used to go up to my grandparents' cottage every weekend from age six to like 12. So I definitely had the split of like a small town energy as well as living in the suburbs in Toronto. And then, you know, I've lived kind of like, I lived in in Scarborough, Toronto, but my mom and dad weren't together. So I'd go to my dad's, go to my mom's and um, yeah, now I'm living downtown
0: Toronto. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. I'm like, wait, you're not not from a small town? Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's a small town vibes. I'm from a small town too. So I have a question for you about that. Going to Bancroft and then like living in Scarborough, did you ever like there was a difference in how you received when you were in a small town versus being in the big city oh totally I mean I loved the slow kind of you know
1: like little cafes little stores and like that energy but definitely like I I saw the difference like it's so diverse in Scarborough right like and Toronto like it's just so diverse so being at my grandparents cottage and in the small town Bancroft there's not so many people of color Mm -hmm. Um, But on the lake I was on that we have a cottage on, there were definitely a good handful of mixed race kids. So that was really surprising and really cool. Definitely an interesting difference
0: to be exposed to as a child. like the small town and like the big city. Yeah, absolutely. I know that as well because I'm from a small town. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It's way more diverse. And I actually didn't know that many mixed people growing up. To be honest, it was just my cousins and my brother, my sister that I knew and Uh, a few other people in my school, but not that many. Yeah. What were some like defining moments for you as a young mixed person growing up in Scarborough? Yeah, totally. Well, I remember my mom always made an effort to match me
1: with other mixed girls to, oh, to, be, to be friends with. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, like She just knew that would be, that'd be good for me. And as a white mother, like she really, I'm sure, made an effort to show us more culture and and more, um, representation in our friendships and in the world, even. So, I mean, this is such a beautiful, like I have goosebumps. Like my mom, on the first day of kindergarten, walked me over to my best friend, Shea, who's still my best friend, and she's also mixed. And I was crying. I was like, Mom, don't leave. And she was like, Come, come compete with me. And we've been friends now since then, like 20 years almost.
0: (laughs) So, and that was because your mom (gasps) matched you guys, the two, yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're still best friends. Oh, I that was pretty, like, that's pretty amazing. (laughs) It's not common. (laughs) That's so. Yeah, I definitely did not have that at all. (laughs) How do you think like, how do you think things would have been different for you in school if you didn't have another friend who had the same mix as you? Have you had you? Yeah, I mean, my school growing up was really diverse. So that was never really a
1: concern or question. Like I kind of Mm -hmm. felt really at home, in my body, in my brown skin, you know, gratefully, living in such a a diverse area. But I do remember as I got older, not even even that much older, but like maybe third, fourth grade, like doing school projects and picking like, you know, doing your family tree and like getting more curious about But my background, I was born with like I had straight hair as a child until puberty, which was like, you know, in my teens, like it kind of fluxed wavy. But that was a really big thing that I'm sure we can totally go into as hair is like a big one for, you know, mixed women, black women. Like it's interesting to really go into like how that shifts our experience in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's it yeah. been a theme in the podcast over the last two seasons so far is like the sense of identity where mixed race people actually can change and shift and morph like throughout our life, depending on where oh my we God, are, yeah. depending yeah. on how we look and how we present, how we feel and who's and who's perceiving us, us where we are in the world. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I'm curious to know a little bit more about like your relationship with your mom, if that's okay to ask. (laughs) Because I've seen you posted and shared a little bit about like her. I think she's also into healing work. Yeah. Is was she someone who like introduced you to the work that you do now or like the kind of spiritual and healing community? Yeah, totally. I wouldn't say the work. I do now necessarily
1: I mean in a way I do womb work and I came from her womb <laughs> no, so they know. thanks mom <laughs> um you know for school ground but she definitely was a part of me getting into yoga and like mm-hmm. she was a big reason why I did my yoga teacher training and was really had a lot of belief in me and, and choosing a more alternative path for my work for my life and always so supportive so we have a close relationship I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. She's really beautiful
0: too. I yeah. We <laughs> like, nerding jingles. out. I, had cement, I was like, oh, so like she's so gorgeous. And so, yeah. Like, yeah, she has like such a beautiful spirit, even though I've never met her and just seen her. In she blood. does. <laughs> yeah, she's a very powerful woman. Yeah. yeah. So, about the work that you do, when did you first be, start becoming interested in like healing and spirituality work? Yeah. I was actually teaching preschool for
1: almost, I think, almost like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And While I was teaching children, I was getting more into like Reiki and meditation and such. And it was kind of just like one thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing, like kind of like... But I think one of the biggest prompts to that world was a breakup. I think I had a lot of time in the darkness after going through my first heartache. So it brought me into like more curiosity of like, what what is life? Like, what is spirit and my relation to spirit and how can this my devotion? So I have, you know, a really strong pillar in my life that is consistent. And and so I feel like it's always been the same theme. Like at the end of the day, like no matter what title I carry as a person in the world, working and serving, it's always about truth and spirit and how that comes through me. So it kind of has shifted over the years, like meditation teacher, yoga teacher, priest, like all these different things things, womb work and embodiment, photography, and it's pretty much always the same, the same thing behind the thing, which is the deeper truth.
0: That's so beautiful. i <laughs> are hearing a few things like the tragedies in our life can lead us to, you know, our sense of purpose. And then also, you know, coming to this piece around like really connecting with your truth, no matter what it is that you're doing and, and integrating all of your interests into your offerings, which I want to get into. <laughs> Let's get into that. I'm curious, you do like photography and you have your like women's, like your embodied feminine mentorship, how do you blend the two together? And why, why did you decide to do that?
1: It's a really good one because that was a hard one for me. Like I got into photography maybe two, almost three years ago and I love it. Like it's such a beautiful way to connect with women and honor the goddess and like really bring up that energy and to, you know, transmute like jealousy and like comparison and just really anchor. But I realized with that, like there's so much there. Like whenever I did more of my um like themed shoots that were kind of more around like boudoir, like new to nature and stuff, you know, of course it brings through so much emotionally so I was realizing like I wanted to really make more space for ritual and reflection, doing Reiki sometimes before a shoot as well to really help women get into the truth their embodiment and then I was like, I really love doing this and this could also be my work more full time in a separate kind of way um, and I got really into ritual. Virtual and workshops. And that led to my online business. So it's so neat. It kind of just like... Ooh. Like,
0: like, yeah, that's the sound of my business. (laughs) (laughs) And all the (laughs) way up. I do want to hear more about your healing offerings and the embodiment work. And I also just, because we were talking about the photography, something that I've noticed is that you photograph women of all different shapes, sizes, ages, pregnant women. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. And of course, I'm like, you know, waiting for my own photo shoot, too. I'm <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned, everybody. It's going to be fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since COVID, yes. But back to just the diversity and the beauty in in your work, why is it important for you to, to capture women in such a in like their natural essence and just in the way that you do? Yeah, it's a beautiful question. It goes so many ways. I mean,
1: I just love I and mean, just loving being a feminine embodiment in this lifetime. <laughs> like it's really something that feels so devotional, whether it's to myself or with other women and just holding up a mirror I'm like, whoa, like you are the goddess. Like you can completely say yes to your sovereign divinity and like bring it through. Let it be witnessed by me, by you, by anyone you want to share these photos with and the feeling of the just a big yes that women have when they choose that kind of experience through photography or like are in nature and like really connected to the mother and like we're like stomping our feet and like getting into whatever mode that feels true for the photos and just letting that force come through is so important to me. Like I really don't want the picture kind of perfect Mm -hmm. composition. Like and I think also having a background modeling too like I think that is something that I really try and I just notice like I don't ever want to like move someone a certain way because it looks like I, I want it to be so natural and then I want women to see their photos and like whoa like I remember how I felt that felt like yes in my body that felt like so embodied so
0: beautiful so alive so I couldn't do it any other way yeah. yeah. No, it's really special. And again, your the images that you have created are so they're gorgeous, but they're also just like really capturing this like natural essence mm. and emotion. Like I, there's been some of your photos that I've seen like of yourself, but also of, of your models that have really touched me. Like, that's really, mm. yeah. And so I'm curious to know, like, what do you want people to like see and feel when they see the images mm. that you create? Yeah, I love
1: these questions. I mean, Woman with Heart, the name of my photography, I want it to be that. Like I want it to really come through as an innate, pure, like beauty of what the feminine in the body is in, in all different ways, you know, not just like the commercialized idea of like the divine feminine where it's like flowy skirts and like, you know, like flower crowns. Like that's beautiful too, if it's true, but also like the mess and the mud and like, you know, women who, Want to just bring through that Kali energy or like, yeah, like just like really raw and really the aliveness was really important. Yeah, if there was a word that could go along with my photos, I would always thrive, knowing that aliveness was brought through. Like that would really bring like joy in my heart. People were like, wow, Brittany brings aliveness in her photos, like that, you know, with the co-creation of the woman I work with. Yeah. So
0: really seeing like the life, the aliveness, not just like a sexy photo or a pretty- Pretty photo mm-hmm. like that. As yeah. <laughs> I've done some modeling myself, just joking. <laughs> I've been in front of the camera a few times, and I know the experience that I've had with some photographers who I feel like are, are we're just trying to get like a, a nice photo or a sexy photo, but like you know, it's different when someone is really trying to capture your true essence. So, yeah, thank you for doing this beautiful work. And I know you have also captured like women of color and some mixed women as well. I'm I'm wondering, like, do, is there a Certain kind of like energy or focus that you bring to those photo shoots when you're photographing mixed women of color? I mean, there was
1: a phase where I was noticing my portfolio was predominantly white women. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, like to answer that question, I was really desiring to outreach to more women of color and more mixed women. So that naturally happens, like just doing collaboration shoots and sometimes even handing up my business cards on like the TTC to women. Mm -hmm. I felt like had such a radiance that we could, you know, (laughs) like work together and do some pro bono and just yeah, that feels really important for me like, to have a lot of representation of different diversity, like pregnant women and like different backgrounds and trans women, you know, these are really important things to have in women of heart. Like, everyone is, you know,
0: welcomed and yeah, it's important. Yeah. Tell us more about the embodied feminine mentorship that you do, what that is all about and how people could be involved in your work. Yeah, totally. So it's been a journey. I mean, it's
1: definitely been, I think, the core of my work lately, like, my deepest my deepest most like sacred thing and I think a big part of that too is like working online is so important right now with COVID too right but in its essence I'm in service to the deepest truth and the same as my mentors like I I really just desire to extract truth out of women because I feel like when women know their deeper truth and sensitize back to their intuitive body and their womb's knowing and have that hunger for truth everything works in life you know like truly everything falls deeper into place so it's interesting like I kind of jumped around from like being a self intimacy coach and then like being you know feminine leadership like all these different names as I found more of what felt true and the more I go into my own womb healing and womb awakening and you know journey of serving my feminine it really feels like the deep feminine then services to the deep feminine and embodiment of the deep feminine has been a theme. Some women are curious about what that means to be in their deep body, like their deep truth. So I do one on one work. I have something called Undying Womb, which is an online journey that I do every few weeks online. It's been super powerful. And I'm going to be doing a group program called Emerge soon.
0: As a a mixed woman of color, do you feel like it's particularly important for you to be doing womb healing and feminine embodiment work in particular?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, even just like spiritual work in the terms of like being a representation in these communities, it is a very white community for the most part. And so I've been to so many, you know, workshops and like Tantra festivals and like gatherings where I'm looking in the room and I'm like, wow, like there are not so many people of color here. Like what's going on? Like... And when I've facilitated, like I did a beautiful workshop. Oh my gosh, like before COVID happened, I had had like a beautiful workshop. It was like something I'm holding on to because I miss workshops so much. And I was amazed. I had like, I think almost everyone in the room was of color. Like I had uh-huh. women I've never met from like Mexico. And like I was like, I literally called that in of like having um, more women come through in my events. Of color, because I feel like even me representing a woman of color and doing this work, it draws in more women of color. There's the safety, there's the knowing that there's a shared experience and there's a representation of like, wow, like, look at what she's doing. Like, you know, and I can be like, wow, like look at what she's doing. Like just the kind of energy of like, like not solidarity, but just kind of like, of course, like we need to be doing this work. Like we need to be up and like rising and sharing because women are waiting to be like, yes, there's people that I can actually do this work and like mm-hmm. hold the space
0: and draw in more and more people who are like waiting for leaders. Yeah. Well, it's such important work that you do. It's really is the medicine that we need is to be able to connect with our, you know, our feminine and the inner goddess, our truth. It's so important, the work that you're doing. And I'd also say that, you know, women of color, like historically have not had been repressed and not had access to some of the healing work or, you know, I think that's just an important thing to be able to be offering to more people, all women, particularly women of color. And also, again, like you're saying, like to see you out there sharing so much of your story and so much of your heart in your photos, in your, in your writing is like big hell yes <laughs> for all of us. And which leads me to my other question is, you know, you share so vulnerably and so like so much in your posts. I'm curious, like what like really fuels all of your like content creation? Cause it's, it seems like it's really comes from like a deep part of yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah, it does it just goes back to that same notion of like devoting to truth and it's really easy online to have ideas about like what someone's life is like mm-hmm. um you know glamorized ideas of like what it might mean to be a mentor be a quote-unquote healer and it feels important for me to share about my personal life and to be like this is what I'm going through like this is the reality of like even when you're in a position where you're holding so much space for women you're still a woman experiencing life and even like the stuff that I share I feel shows how how it works like how this deep work pays off like when I write about like healing and you know like I think I made a post recently with like love addiction and like things that are just really real (laughs) like the good the bad and like the yeah yeah and all in between and like It's just just where it's at. I don't ever want to have this idea that I'm just here to sustain the feeling of like to be a woman, to be embodied as a feminine being is to be this, this and this. Like The feminine is like, oh my gosh, she's cyclical. She is so embodied and vast and deep and wide and pure and light and like dark. And so it feels really important for me to really share that in my words and my expression. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. So I'm coming to the end of our time. I'm curious to know what are some things that are coming up for you? I know you mentioned you have your group Undying Womb and then another program coming up called Emerge. Maybe can you tell us a little bit about how people can sign up or learn more about your programs? Totally. Yeah, I
1: have a lot of my stuff plugged in on Instagram. My page is at Britt, G U I M O N D. And what else do I have? I have the Undying Womb, which is an online deep body journey into your womb. We talk about the eight gates of the womb and how to access those gates, how to awaken the womb. And it's beautiful. It's been so fun. I have one ha- happening next Friday as well. So you can register through my Instagram. And yeah, Emerge is coming up. I have one more space for one-on-one mentorship. I'm hoping to soon enough do some more photography, but we'll see because things are looking a bit tight <laughs> right? as of tomorrow in Toronto.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, tomorrow. yeah, in mean, n- November. I know you can't yeah. really do Do photo shoots over Zoom, that's just one thing we can't do. Yeah,
1: it's it's a weird one. I mean, I've seen some people do it, but it's not really yeah. Yeah. And I also have been really getting into um, plants and herbalism. I have another page called the Plant Priestess. So that's one thing I've been linking in with my work is making yoni steams and tinctures. I have a lot of cedar bundles of a harvest cedar I've collected to burn for ceremonies. So I have some ceremony kits being made, which would be really perfect for Christmas season and gifts for the divine feminine. So that's exciting too. Everybody get your cedar kits <laughs> yeah i want one cedar kits and brewing <laughs> steams and yeah so that's gonna be fun to kind of cook up as a witch in my kitchen this old season <laughs> yeah i know yeah. I mean, just getting all the tinctures and everything exactly
0: i'll be your local village witch <laughs> <laughs> and my question that i ask everybody at the very end is what would you tell your younger self now knowing what you oh that's
1: that's a precious question yeah that she's just like oh it's like an emotional question <laughs> you, you, you've tried before Beautiful. yeah yeah um little brit what would i tell her i would say there's so much life ahead like so much life you haven't touched you know like so much life you haven't seen just trust just get curious you know, get connected to your roots, your ancestors, your spirit, and always devote to that deeper knowing and trust it fully. Trust your intuitive body before you, you know, jump into the system.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then find your way back out. because uh, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Britt, so much for being here and for all the wonderful work that you do supporting women and just being an awesome Cool witch,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I know it's like, what is my? I mean, I'm a witch. I'm like a womb oracle. Like, I love how it's like <laughs> photographer. I knew. Oh, yeah, writer. photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tantra facilitator too. Yeah. like so many things. Yeah, like whoa, like meditate. Like, there's just, yeah. but it
0: always boils down to living, living in the heart. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, follow Brit's photography page at yes. Art and it's woman W O M Y N. Yes. Plant the priestess. King. yeah and At brit Guimont. Yes. You got, yeah. <laughs> you got yes. it. Yes. <laughs> La France. <laughs> Je m'appelle <me laughs> Brittany
1: Guimont. Yeah. There go. Let the French <gasps> out. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Britt. Hopefully, you come back and join us another time in the future. Yes, I'm looking forward to
1: it. So much fun, Gina. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mix in the Six podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and if you do, do not forget to subscribe, comment, and share the love to keep bringing more stories, insights, and cool perspectives from the mixed community. And if you or someone you know is a fellow mixie and want to share your unique story and are up to awesome stuff, we want to hear from you for a potential feature. Look below in the show notes for more info. Much love to you, and see you soon.